We're approaching the end of 2022 with the new year right on the horizon. And when we get to the new year, it's going to feel like spring training is pretty close. So at this point, the Orioles have made some moves. I thought, why not? Let's take a first crack at predicting the Orioles opening day roster. That's coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Wednesday, December 28th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, I'm going to take my first crack of the offseason at predicting the Orioles' 2023 opening day roster. Now, Hopefully, the O's are not done making moves as we sit here at the end of December. I mean, really, you got three months to still add players to this roster. But the Orioles have added four legitimate big leaguers, four guys this offseason who I think are all certainly locks to make this roster, which means, you know, if they went to opening day with this team, it wouldn't be the craziest, worst thing in the world. So I thought at least opening day roster prediction 1.0 could happen here just before the new year. So... I will predict the 13 pitchers and the 13 hitters that will break camp with the Orioles in April, talk about what roles those guys will play, and which players would be just on the outside looking in of that opening day roster and ready to potentially fill in quickly if there's injuries, or also take a look at what the Orioles still could add throughout the rest of this offseason. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. Before we get there, just want to thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first podcast listen of the day all this season, all of 2022. Just got one more episode in 2022 after this one. Then when we come back next week, it will be January 2023 leading into the new year. This has been the biggest year ever of the Locked On Orioles podcast, setting records for downloads and listens throughout the year. And that is all thanks to you, the listener. So those of you who have subscribed and followed the podcast, whether it be on Apple Podcast or Spotify, wherever you listen, please continue to do so. Leave a five-star rating and a review on those apps if you can as well. And thank you to everyone who has liked, commented, and subscribed to the Locked On Orioles YouTube channel, which was started this year as well. Something that uh, you know has been a great project too. And had the pod on YouTube throughout this magical 2022 Orioles season. Make sure to stick with the YouTube page. And if you have a favorite memory from 2022 in Birdland, comment it on this video here on the Locked On Orioles YouTube page, and we'll shout out some of those favorite memories coming up on a future episode. But for this episode, let's take a look at what the O's opening day roster could be. And again, when we get to April, please don't go back here to December 28th and watch this again. Well, certainly come back and watch it again, but don't freeze and cold takes me. Don't ridicule me for these predictions. We've got three more months of offseason coming up after this. But I feel like, you know, the O's have added four big leaguers on major league contracts. You can start to see a roster shaping together. And if the O's do add more, it'll be guys on the margins, maybe another signing of a bat, Maybe a reliever, waiver claim or two. It could be a big splash deal, but I don't know if a multitude of other you know locks on the opening day roster moves are really coming. So this prediction could be pretty close to true, but I'm going to try and make it opening day roster prediction 1.0 here 
in late December. Let's start with the pitchers. And again, remember, 26-man rosters now in Major League Baseball. And I don't think they'll do what they've been doing lately, which is starting the season with 28 players and then cutting it down to 26 about a month in. Most likely, the season will start with 26 players, and you must carry 13 pitchers and 13 hitters. So let's start with the 13 pitchers. And I think of this group, at least right now, I think there's probably 12 names that everyone agrees upon, and then there's one name or at least one spot where things could go different ways. I do think there are nine stone-cold locks right now, which is pretty surprising for an Orioles pitching staff that two years ago was in shambles. But I would say, you know, and again, maybe one of these guys could be traded or, or whatnot or, or could get injured, but I would think if they're not traded, and that's what we're doing this episode off of, I'm not going to predict guys to get traded away, and that's why they're not on the roster. For guys in the organization right now, that's what I'm predicting off of. So I would say the nine locks would be Kyle Bradish, Dean Kramer, Tyler Wells, Kyle Gibson, Felix Bautista, Dylan Tate, D.L. Hall, C.N.L. Perez, and Michael Givens. That would be the nine players I would put in the locks. We start in the rotation. You know, I think Bradish and Kramer did a great enough job last year that 100% they've got a rotation spot at this point. And then Kyle Gibson being your biggest free agent signing in the Michael Elias era, one year, 10 million. He's certainly a veteran that's going to have a rotation spot. So there's three spots right there. And then whether Tyler Wells is in the bullpen or the rotation, we don't quite know yet. I would at this point probably put him in the rotation if the O's don't add any more starting pitchers. But if they do, Wells would get put in the bullpen where he was great in 2021. Either way, he's got a spot right now. I would put him in the projected rotation, maybe in the number five spot. Then you turn to the bullpen, obviously with how amazing Felix Bautista was last year. He's locked down the closer spot. Dylan Tate was an amazing setup man, kind of turned it into a veteran in this bullpen. He's in there. Michael Givens, easy choice, and he just signed him to a $5 million major league deal coming back to Baltimore. He's certainly going to be in that pen. Cienel Perez, I still have my questions about, and I think he could be dealt this offseason, but if he's still around, I mean, he had a sub-2 ERA for most of the year. He's going to be the top lefty in that bullpen. And then D.L. Hall. We don't know what the role is going to be, but he was good enough down the stretch with the O's last year. He's got high enough prospect standing. Whatever the role is, whether it's starter or reliever, he's going to be on this opening day roster pitching for the Orioles. So that would be the nine locks for me. Then you go to the final four spots. I think three of these final four spots are not locks, but they're almost like probably. It's not stone cold lock. It's probably. I would put Brian Baker... Austin Voth, and Grayson Rodriguez in the probably category. Brian Baker was elite down the stretch out of the Orioles' bullpen last year. Was probably their second best reliever. He might have been their best reliever at the end of the season. That's how good he was. But was shaky and really up and down throughout the year before that. So if he comes into spring training and kind of looks like early year Brian Baker again, there's a chance he maybe wouldn't be a lock. But if you look at the stuff, you know, he's got the second best stuff in the bullpen behind Felix Bautista. I guess third if you put D.L. Hall in the pen. But either way, he's got elite stuff. He's going to be in that pen most likely. Austin Voth is interesting because he always could just kind of flip back to the pitcher he was with the Nationals before the Orioles claimed him off waivers and kind of fixed him. I don't think he really has a rotation spot at this point, but I think the O's like the stuff enough to put him in the bullpen and kind of multi-inning relief role right now. And to try it out. But the reason why Voth is not a lock is because he had a long enough time in 
Washington with bad stats where it could come back to him in spring training and he could just kind of not find the success he found with the O's. But I still would think if he's pitching at that level, he's at least got a bullpen spot. And then Grayson Rodriguez has all the talent in the world to be on this team. He's going to be 100% healthy and ready to go. It's just the fact that he has never pitched a big league inning, so you can't call him a lock to make an opening day roster. And although Mike Elias, the way he has talked, has all signaled that Rodriguez, barring injury, is going to be in the Orioles' opening day rotation, the O's could still fiddle with his service time a little bit and keep him down for six or seven weeks and get that extra year and then bring him up in late May. So you just never know as a way to limit his innings, but I would think he's going to be on that team. So that leaves the last spot. And you got really a lot of guys who could compete for that spot. I mean, you have six guys who pitched for the Orioles last year in the big leagues and are all on the 40-man who could be, or really seven guys actually, who are all on the 40-man and pitched for the O's last year who could get that spot. Plus you have the Rule 5 pick in Andrew Politti, who's going to be vying for that spot as well. That's a lot of guys to put in that list, but of all those names right now, I'll say Keegan Aiken gets that final spot. Now, if I had been making this prediction at the All-Star break last year, everyone would have agreed. Aiken was amazing for the Orioles out of the bullpen in the first half, kind of transitioning to that multi-inning reliever role. He was pitching two innings plus every time he went out there, striking guys out, throwing way more strikes than ever before. Then he got to the second half of the year, and he pitched much, much less because he was less effective. He actually got optioned to AAA right at the end of the season, then came back up for the final week or so. But that's how bad it got that they sent him down in September. I think they still like the stuff. He got a little unlucky down the stretch, which is why some of his numbers were bad. But he also was lucky in the first half. I just think when push comes to shove, the Orioles are going to want another lefty. And I think at this point... They value Keegan Aiken and his stuff a little bit more than they do Nick Vespi. I think the two guys are close, but I think Aiken just a tick above Vespi right now, and that's why I would give Aiken that final spot. So the opening day rotation, I would think right now, probably Dean Kramer would get your opening day start. You go Dean Kramer, then Kyle Bradish then Kyle Gibson, then Grayson Rodriguez, then Tyler Wells. I would say that would be your five to start the season at this point. Then you'd have Felix Bautista in your closer role. You'd have kind of the combination of Dylan Tate, Michael Givens, and CNL Perez, and Brian Baker in kind of the high leverage middle relief slash setup roles. And then you'd have multi-inning reliever roles for... Keegan Aiken, Austin Voth, and D.L. Hall, with potentially D.L. Hall being kind of a sixth starter in a piggyback role. Maybe he's with Grayson Rodriguez to kind of limit those innings, but that would be your 13 pitchers. Now, I put six guys on the list of just missed the cut. Guys who, if they ended up on the opening day roster, I wouldn't be surprised. And these are six guys who I think could certainly, and I almost expect most of them, to pitch for the Orioles at some point next season. Joey Crable, Mike Bauman, Andrew Politti, Nick Vespi, Logan Gillespie, and Spencer Watkins are my six guys who just missed the cut. For Watkins, I think he's not super effective out of the bullpen, so he really kind of has to be a starter if he's on the roster. And I think there's just too many guys ahead of him on the depth chart among starters right now. So I think Watkins will probably start the year in the Norfolk Tides rotation and be a depth piece. 
Logan Gillespie has solid stuff, but I do think there's just more relievers ahead of him right now. Again, will be a good depth piece in AAA. Nick Vespi, it could come down to Vespi versus Aiken for that final spot right now to get a lefty in there. I just think Aiken's stuff is a little better. The body of work is a little bit better and, and more polished. I, I still like Vespi, but he could be kind of the odd man out. Andrew Politi is interesting because he's the Rule 5 pick, so if he doesn't make the opening day roster, you do have to return him to the Red Sox. I just don't know enough about him at this point, what his stuff is. This opinion could change when we really see him pitch in spring training against big league hitters, but right now just not seeing enough. And Michael Elias has returned his his fair share of Rule 5 picks. You know, really the only guy that's, that's stuck so far is Tyler Wells. So I could certainly see him returning Politi as well. Mike Bauman, you know, could kind of fill in the Austin Voth role. If Voth kind of sputters out in spring training, I think Bauman would be the guy and step up into that multi-inning reliever role who could also start for you. He was up and down at the end of the year with the Orioles, but definitely is going to have a good shot in spring training. And then Joey Crable is just going to be the odd man out. I mean, he was just so, so bad at the end of last year. Also ended up getting optioned to AAA in September because he was bad, even after a really good first half as a middle reliever for the Orioles. I think Crable is actually in danger of being DFA'd this offseason to make some room on the 40-man roster. But even if he does survive, he'll be in the mix. He's a righty who, who gets lefties out. But I just think the upside for, for him is not what it is for the other relievers. And then I just threw some other names in there who will be in the mix. Most of these guys are on the 40-man roster. Yenier Cano, who we saw briefly last year, came over in the Jorge Lopez trade. Cole Uvila, right-handed pitcher they got in the minor league phase of the Rule 5 draft last year, was the closer for the Tides for a good amount of the season. Uh, Noah Denoyer, the righty who was added to the 40-man roster this offseason. Easton Lucas, kind of an interesting lefty with good stuff. Chris Valamont, who the O's claimed on waivers last year but never got him to the big leagues. Big stuff from the right side, has some walk issues. And then Edward Bizzardo, who the Orioles signed to a minor league deal earlier in the offseason, did pitch a solid amount with the Red Sox and the Bigs last year with good numbers. So I do think that righty could have a chance as well. But kind of that's the look at the 13 pitchers I would pick. Bradish, Kramer, Wells, Gibson, Bautista, Tate, Hall, Perez, Givens, Baker, Rodriguez, Voth, and Aiken would be my 13 pitchers. But let's turn to the hitters now because, honestly, I feel like when putting together this list right now, picking the hitters way easier than picking the pitchers. The pitchers were tough. The hitters, I think you could think right now and probably easily come up with those 13 guys. But we'll talk about it, who those hitters could be, coming up next. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.net, which is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis this December. Because we're getting close to the new year. And this week always means college football bowl games. The big bowls are coming up, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. But also, you've got the semifinals in the college football playoff coming up on Saturday. You've got Georgia looking to repeat as champions. They'll take on Ohio State. You've got Michigan and TCU. Two great games coming up on Saturday. And then a full slate of NFL action on Sunday. You can get all the lines and the odds for all those games at betonline.net. Plus, there's college basketball. There's the NBA. There's the NHL going on pretty much every single night. And if you love sports podcasts, which I hope you do if you're listening to this one, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. They are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts. 
So I'm taking my first crack at the Orioles opening day roster for 2023 prediction 1.0 will have many more opening day roster predictions as we get closer and closer to spring training and then opening day. But I got you my 13 pitchers. Now we switch over to the 13 hitters who I think will be on this opening day roster, at least at this point here in late December. And I really do think the pitchers were tough because as I talked about, I had six guys in the just missed the cut category. I mean, there's legitimately 19 or 20 pitchers right now competing for those 13 spots. I think it's a much smaller group competing for the spots with the hitters. So let's start with the locks. I had nine locks for the pitchers. I have 10 locks for the hitters. There's room for maneuvering, but not a whole lot right now, unless a, a big move is made. So I'd say, first of all, both the catchers are locks. Adley Rutschman and James McCann are certainly going to be on this roster. Adley, obviously in the middle of your order, second finisher in AL Rookie of the Year, could be an MVP candidate. Dude's legit. And then James McCann, the Orioles trade for him, acquiring him from the Mets for a player to be named later last week. Make sure to go back and, and check out last Thursday's episode, breaking down that entire trade. I think he's a good backup option for the O's, and, and he will be, after that trade, their number two catcher. You go out to first base, Ryan Mountcastle, obviously going to be in that spot. I know the numbers were a little down last year, but all the underlying data suggests Ryan Mountcastle is going to break back out next season was was just got no luck, got zero luck. We've been over it so many times, was so unlucky last year. His numbers are going to spike back up this season. Around the infield, I'd say there's four locks. Adam Frazier in there. Obviously, the Orioles bring him in on a one-year deal this offseason to be a veteran, coming off kind of a tough year in Seattle. But if they're giving out you know a major league contract, it's to a guy who's going to be on this roster. He's going to play some second base, a little bit of outfield, bring a left-handed kind of slap-hitting bat to the Orioles. Obviously, Gunnar Henderson is a lock. It was amazing to watch him do what he does last September after the call-up. It's going to get even better this year. Then you've got Jorge Mateo. Now, I did talk about Jorge Mateo on Monday's episode and you know the rumors, the reports from Ken Rosenthal that the Orioles have fielded some calls with some trade interest for Mateo. Talked about kind of the pros and cons of potentially trading him back on Monday's episode, so make sure to go check that one out. But right now, we're under the assumption that he's still here and with the defensive value and the base running and, and the bat that can spark at times. Just a fun player, and, and he's a lock for this team. And then Ramon Arias. You know, we're not really sure what his role is going to be. And I think if the O's go get a pitcher, I feel almost certain that Ramon Arias would be used in that trade to get the pitcher. But right now you got a guy in Arias who, an above-league average hitter who won a gold glove at third base last season. He's, he's going to be on this roster if he's still here in spring training. So those would be your four infield locks. And then I think three outfield locks, obviously Cedric Mullins. Again, 2022 wasn't the year that 2021 was, but... He's still your leadoff man and your center fielder. Anthony Santander with a big breakout, leading the team in homers last year. He'll be on this team either in right field or at DH. And then I know there's some polarizing opinions on Austin Hayes, but the Orioles did tender him a contract. And unless he is dealt as some sort of you know sweetener in a trade, he's going to be here. I don't know if he's going to have an everyday role to start the season. Maybe he's platooning. Maybe he's a fourth outfielder, but he's going to be on this team. So that would be the final of the 10 hitter locks. So... You move on from that, and you only have three spots. And theoretically, two of them go to guys who spent a good chunk of the season with the O's last year. And really, all three of them could go to those guys. I would say the rest of those three hitters, I put Taron Vavra, Kyle Stowers, and Ryan McKenna 
as those final three players. I would put Vavra in kind of that utility role at this point. He can play second base, shortstop, a little third. He can play all three outfield positions if you need him to as well. He even worked out a good amount at first base last year if you need that in a pinch. He can help you everywhere. He's got an interesting bat with a good batter's eye, kind of a, a different kind of more slap hitter like Adam Frazier. I think he just can help this team. I don't know if his ceiling is super high, but he might have a high floor, which could help the O's off the bench. Then Kyle Stowers again. Don't exactly know what the O's are going to get out of Kyle Stowers. We didn't see a big enough of a sample size in 2022, but he's got serious pop from the left side and plays a solid outfield corner defense and can play center field in a pinch. I think the O's are going to want to see a lot more from him. Maybe some sort of Stowers-Hayes platoon happens, but he's going to be on this roster. And then really the final spot was the only one where I had some questions about it. I consider Jordan Westberg for the final spot. I considered a couple of the, you know, minor league signing guys, Franchi Cordero and Nomar Mazzara for that spot, but I gave it to Ryan McKenna just because at least for now, I think he has the inside track. I don't believe McKenna has any options left with the Orioles, which means they got to keep him on the roster. I don't know if another team would claim him at this point, but if the role on the roster that's left is kind of the defensive replacement slash pinch runner fifth outfielder spot. Really nobody else fits that except for Ryan McKenna. I mean, the only guy really in the org that's close to the big leagues that fits that would be Daz Cameron, who the Orioles claimed off waivers from the Tigers and then outrighted to AAA. But McKenna, much more proven and just better player than Cameron at this point, I think, and has been obviously with the O's for much longer. He can hit lefties a little bit. He didn't really do it down the stretch last year, but he did it early in the season, so can provide that with the bat. Can play the all three outfield positions very well. Can run well. He's a good pinch runner and defensive replacement, especially for Anthony Santander if he's starting in the outfield. So although the upside, again, just isn't what some people thought it could be for McKenna when he was rising up through the Orioles system, I think he gets that final spot in kind of a bench role over those other guys. So the way I would see kind of the lineup shaking out, let's assume the Orioles are facing a right-hander on opening day. You'd have Cedric Mullins hitting leadoff and playing center field. Adley Rutschman would catch and bat second. Gunnar Henderson at third base. He would be hitting third. Anthony Santander in right field would be the fourth hitter for the Orioles. Then you're probably looking at Ryan Mountcastle at first base hitting fifth, then guys could be moved around in the order behind that. I would say maybe Kyle Stowers hitting sixth in left field puts together a pretty good offseason. Maybe you have Ramon Arias playing second base hitting seventh, and then Adam Frazier, your DH, I guess. You know, those positions could be moved around of all those guys hitting eighth, and then Jorge Mateo at shortstop batting ninth, which would give you James McCann, off the bench, along with Austin Hayes, Taryn Vavra, and Ryan McKenna. Now, the guys who I considered for these spots, but ultimately did not get them, I would say Jordan Westberg would be number one. Now, the one thing holding him back is he is currently not on the 40-man roster. Doesn't have to be put on the 40-man until next offseason. So if the O's don't do it, they don't have to do it at this point. He can hit his way onto this opening day roster. He certainly can. He also could use maybe a little more seasoning in AAA. We will kind of have to see how he looks in Sarasota. 
Joey Ortiz also considered he was placed on the 40-man roster this offseason, but I think he's definitely a guy who the O's are going to want to see more out of in AAA with the bat to see if that bat's going to play. The glove is big league ready, but they're going to want to see a bigger sample size from the bat in AAA. I mentioned Nomar Mazzara. O's signed him to a minor league deal. Got some big pop from the left side, but a lot of swing and miss. He does not play a good outfield. He would really have to hit to make this team. Franchi Cordero, the same kind of thing. Huge pop, lots of swing and miss. O's got him on a minor league deal. I put him and Mazzara kind of in the same category. If they really, really hit for power in spring training, they could be added to this roster as kind of that first base corner outfield DH spot. And then I threw Daz Cameron on the list just because he's a similar player to Ryan McKenna. He's not on the 40-man, but he's in the organization. He has some big league time with the Tigers. And you never know if the O's want that kind of fifth outfielder, pinch runner, defensive replacement role. Cameron could certainly outplay McKenna in spring training and, and potentially win that final roster spot. But that's what I think the roster looks like. I gave you the pitchers. The hitters would be Rutschman, McCann, Mountcastle, Frazier, Henderson, Mateo, Arias, Mullins, Santander, Hayes, Vavra, Stowers, and McKenna. So that's what it would look like now. But we're going to finish up the pod coming up next talking about who could be added throughout the rest of the offseason, what kind of player at least, and who would be taken off this projected roster if those additions were made. But first, let's picture this. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many, and as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. But nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone? Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now, looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. So I just finished up. Orioles 2023 opening day roster prediction 1.0. Here are the players once again. The 13 pitchers, Bradish, Kramer Wells, Gibson, Bautista, Tate, Hall, Perez, Gibbons, Baker, Rodriguez, Voth, and Aiken. And the 13 hitters, Rutschman, McCann, Mountcastle, Frazier, Henderson, Mateo, Urias, Mullins, Santander, Hayes, Vavra, Stowers, and McKenna. That would be the prediction, at least at this point, in late December. But of course, Additions could and, and probably should be made to the roster throughout the rest. You know, you've still got basically three months to go in this offseason. I think two things that the Orioles could really do is still add another starting pitcher, whether it's in free agency, whether it's via trade. O's could do either. Could swing a big trade for an ace even. And also, I think kind of a left-handed hitter in that first base DH corner outfield role, I think could certainly help the O's on this roster. Now you could argue that Nomar Mazzara and Franchi Cordero were brought in for that role and maybe they figure it out and they get on this roster. Sure. Maybe you could argue that, you know, the O's are, are ready with this rotation. Guys are going to come back and be just as good. Or maybe Mike Bauman takes another step or maybe Spencer Watkins is ready to stay in this rotation, whatever it may be. You could argue that, but I still think one of those things could happen. Maybe another waiver claim for a reliever could come across the timeline as well. But if the O's do make those moves, you know whether it could be signing Nathan Eovaldi, 
Or maybe they make a trade with the Mets for a guy like Carlos Carrasco or David Peterson. Or you know, they, they swap a deal with the Marlins and get one of their big arms like Pablo Lopez or Jesus Lazardo. If they do add a starting pitcher who is legitimately going to be in the rotation, I'd probably say Keegan Aiken would be the guy who gets left off the roster. I talked about how you know he was kind of my 13th pick of the pitchers. I think Aiken would get left off the roster. You would move Tyler Wells from the rotation into the bullpen, kind of back into the role. We saw him be so dominant in as a rookie in 2021. And it would be a pretty seamless transition. Aiken was just so shaky down the stretch. You don't know what he's really going to be. He got hit hard. I think he would be the next guy off that roster. Then when you turn to the hitting side, if you did add one of those you know, power-hitting left-handed hitters or maybe Mazzara or Cordero work out, I guess you would have to say Ryan McKenna would be off the roster at that point. The only issue is then you kind of lose that speed defense outfield guy off the bench. You know, Stowers can do some of those things, but not nearly as well as McKenna. And Vavra can do some of those things, but not nearly as well as McKenna. Maybe if you add more of a big-time piece in that kind of corner outfield left-handed hitter spot, maybe it moves Austin Hayes to more of a fourth outfielder off the bench role, which would be perfectly fine. He takes McKenna's role and McKenna goes to AAA. I think that could happen, but there might need to be more maneuvering or maybe in one of these trades, potentially a big leaguer goes the other way, whether it's Ramon Arias or Jorge Mateo or Kyle Stowers or someone like that gets dealt away, could make that decision potentially a little bit easier for the Orioles. But that's what I think, at least at this point in late December, the Orioles' opening day roster could look like come 2023. But I'll have plenty more of these predictions coming up on the pod and plenty more content coming up on the podcast as well. We'll be back for one more episode this week coming up on Friday to round out 2022, taking a look at some trade targets continuing for the Orioles as hopefully they get into 2023 with maybe a big move on their mind for this offseason. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.